Self-Care and Stress, Episode 89, Alternative Health Tools Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Victoria, and I'm with my producer today, John Beethan of Alternative Health Tools. And today we're talking about stress and the impact that this has on our lives. Hi, John. Hi. So I wanted to be clear that Lisa Victoria is in the UK. So she's she's the show host and fabulous. And I'm the producer. Um, I'm in America. So there it's like four o'clock in the afternoon and here it's eight o'clock in the morning. So you can consider this a truly international podcast, right, Lisa? Absolutely. And I think probably one of the biggest things for me is like, well, how did this all come about? How, how did we kind of form this relationship where you're the producer and, and I'm the host? So I, I guess we should uh, talk a little bit about how we met. Oh, that'd be great. Why don't you tell your version? I'll tell mine. Well, and see if they match up, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was last June and I was over in um, Carlsbad, California, visiting my uh, beautiful cousin. And I happened to go to a Chamber of Commerce event and I met the wonderful John Beethan. And the rest was history, really. We talked about common interests. We talked about health. We talked about all things to do with, you know, mindset, just alternative health tools, really. And I think we connected, didn't we? And we met for yeah, we coffee did. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It was at the Chamber First Friday Breakfast and... There's maybe 200 people there and they set up these tables with six people on a table and, you know, there's somebody that facilitates and they go around the table and, and, uh, you know, it's like, who are you and what you, what do you do and stuff like that. And, um, I, you know, I hope I don't embarrass you, Lisa, but, um, I was sitting across the table for you and I thought for a moment I was seeing an angel. You just had this glow about you, which you later told me you get a lot, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have so, had heard that a few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's really true if you ever get a chance to meet her, it's true. Actually, you probably tell just mm-hmm. listening to the podcast. But but the but the issue for me, or the opportunity, I should say, was that although Alternative Health Tools, the podcast, had been started in 2014 with uh, Lisa Thorpe, um, we hadn't done an episode for a very long time. Um, she had... Uh, she had done like three quarters of a year and I did like three, four years, but um, I, I, I was just like kind of done with it, really. And then when I met you, I thought, oh, my God. And uh, yeah, because we just really hit it off. So, uh-huh. so. Yeah. And there we go. We've revived the alternative health tools between us. That's right. And it keeps growing. Here's the amazing thing about podcasts, Lisa. I won't talk specifically about the stats, but um, even while – in that break when we weren't doing any episodes before I met you, it continued to grow. It just continued. People just went back and listened to old episodes and stuff. So it just lives on. And that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Because we can hear something once, but the second time we listen to something, we hear something different or on a deeper level. So that's what I love about the episodes is you can go back and you can learn more. So even though when we've interviewed people, like when we interviewed Mike Collins, episode Mm. 83 on the sugar, you know, listening back to it, even though we interviewed him, 
I learn something more every time. And that's what fascinates me about podcasting. Like you say, it depends what frame of mind you're in at the time you listen to it, I guess, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's the frame of mind. And I often go back and listen to an episode like two or three yeah. times sometimes just because something that has my attention, you know, I'm not going to yeah. get it. I'm not going to get it all. So our topic is stress, right? Yeah. Before we jump into that, I just I just want to pick up on, you know, when we met and, and why this is a passion of mine to want to do this alternative health tools with you. And a number of our guests we've had on, they're from a diverse range of backgrounds. And I love the topic. So for me, it's about the diversity of health and how we can help listeners with, with different aspects from stress to losing weight to mindfulness. And I guess we're going to pick up on those sorts of topics when we talk about stress today, because it's not just the mindset and stress, is it? It's all other aspects that come into it. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of what I do or my studies have been um, with personal human potential, human personal development, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so I, I might have a little bit different perspective than you. Mm -hmm. But where, where do you want to start? You're the host. So I guess my, my question to you is what does stress mean to you? And, you know, what's been a defining moment in your life that kind of you would see stress as a trigger? Sure. I would, uh, um, I can categorize um, stress based on some things I've learned to avoid mm -hmm. stress, but let's just actually cut to the chase and go to the defining moment, which was in 2009. I had been living in Santa Fe, New Mexico for most of my adult life, like 24 years, and I was an IT marketing person. But I had discovered podcasting in 2004, started podcasting in 2005, was producing, had produced 400 shows in, I think it was two and a half years. That's a lot, right? So that is a lot. A lot, yeah. So, I mean, people were coming in the studio every day, and I had several shows going on. And um, I was in a bad relationship, a bad business relationship that was not mm -hmm. healthy for me and I think for the other person as well. And at some point, um, I loved living in Santa Fe. I was there 24 years. But I, my, my father had passed away living in Portland, Oregon. My mother was getting older. And I just made the decision that I needed to go back to Portland to be closer to my mother. So mm -hmm. I went back. Um, and, um, I was there about a month and had a nasty little heart attack. Wow. So at some point, won't go into the details, but I woke up in a hospital bed after having some surgery, um, actually a stint put in and, um, around the bed was my twin sister, my older sister, my brother-in-law, my beloved cousin, and, um, both cousins actually, and a few people. And I just, it just hit me so hard that these people cared so much about me to even show up. And mm -hmm. it was just heartfelt and everything pretty much changed for me there at that moment. And so I got into cardiac rehab, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, the cardiologist basically said, you're in great shape. Um, just, you know, keep it up. But I started to go down the rabbit hole on what I could do and in, in doing some, you know, self investigation about 
the stress in my life. And so it was a little bit about relationship. It was, you know, but most of it was just really about being organized, which I'm not by nature. So, in fact, I am one of those people that have the gift of ADD. <laughs> and I do call it a gift because we have some things we can do nobody else can do. We, we chunk sideways really well. You can talk about Depends it. Depends which way you look at it, right? It's either something that helps you or something that hinders you. And yeah. I always look on the glass half full side of life. So. Yeah. So for me, you know, there's a lot of things I've learned. And I, I have a little list here. I could certainly just rattle it off if you'd like. And you can comment on it if you want. Please do. Okay. So if you're in business or even in your personal life, one of the things that is going to happen in your life is you're going to have unplanned activities. So let's say you have a business or even at, at, at your job and, and you're working off a, a task list of things that you need to do and you're working with a time frame. If you were there eight hours, you've got eight hours of work and you've got breaks and lunch and stuff like that. But what's going to happen is that there's going to be unplanned phone calls, unplanned meetings, unplanned conversations, a whole lot of unplanned stuff that if you don't take into consideration when you're planning your day or week or month or even year, then you're going to find yourself a bit stressed out because you didn't plan for the unplanned. So I recommend people, and I do it every day actually, is I plan on those unplanned activities, conversations, meetings, etc. That's really interesting. And I've been working with a company in the UK called Smarter Not Harder and doing some coaching with them. And that's exactly, you know, the types of things that they touch on, on how to work smarter, not harder. So you're right, we do get, you know, interruptions, disruptions during the day. And how do we handle those to manage our stress levels? And some of the tools and techniques they kind of teach is that, you know, turn your email notifications off. Put, nice. you know, some time in your diary so you've blocked out some free time because then that free time, then you can deal with unplanned activities that come in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, look at your emails at several periods throughout the day, but don't have the email notifications popping up. And then once you've read it, can you, e can you put it into your um, filed? Um, folder or do you respond to it straight away or do you put a calendar entry in for later that week to say I need to respond to that email so there's lots of tips that you can use for managing interruptions through your day. So what's that company in the UK? It's called Smarter Not Harder Smarter Not Harder? Yeah mm. I've done some coaching with them and they're really simple tools and techniques for you know time management and it mm -hmm. is because because one of the things they say is if you if you get interrupted, the task that you're working on in that moment, it takes you even longer to get back into it and get that task done. So the more you can limit distractions and interruptions, the quicker you're going to get through your workload, which obviously you can then tick more off your to-do list and then you can feel that sense of achievement. Nice. So since you mentioned it, I didn't plan uh -huh. on talking about this, but when I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, I met a woman named Liz Davenport. She has a business uh -huh. called Order from Chaos. She's in yeah. Albuquerque, New Mexico. All you got to do is use Google to look up Order from Chaos, Liz Davenport. So I, I met Liz and helped her do some marketing and stuff. But here's the thing about Liz is that she is legally blind, dyslexic, wow. and a real kind of disorganized mess, or at least she was. In fact, mm -hmm. she was so bad at being dyslexic and 
and just turned around that when she was in like grade school and high school, she would actually write her assignments on carbon paper and turn them around so that she could and read them so she could understand them. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, she's great. So here's her thing is that her thing is that the order from chaos is organization for the disorganized by the disorganized. So what she says is, and it's absolutely true, I believe, is that the organized cannot organize the disorganized because there's two different ways of thinking about it, you know? So really, really brilliant person and uh, really, really, really smart. Um, and she's the one that basically gave me the concept of unplanned activities. Um, uh, and yeah. the uh, message that I'm hearing in that is that, you know, it's it's not about it's it's being perfectly imperfect, isn't it? And finding your own way yes. to become organized yes. in, in disorganized chaos. And anyone can do it. You just got to find a way that works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So uh, just one little tidbit about Liz I discovered is that people use Franklin planners, right? Mm-hmm. You know what that is? A Franklin planner? Yeah, it's a it's a diary, as you would say, that you know basically has your you know calendar and to do list and a place to write notes. But mm-hmm. what most people don't understand is that Ben Franklin, who is who they modeled it after, was left handed. So most people are right handed. So the way the Ben Franklin was designed was that. Um, uh, basically, because Ben Franklin was left-handed, the note section was on the left and the calendar stuff was on the right because left-handed, he could easily write notes. So what mm-hmm. we, we have a tendency to do with the uh, Franklin planner, if you're right-handed, is cross over from the right to the left to write notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's all it's all mixed up. It's all screwed up. So actually, Liz has a planner that is reversed. And it's almost identical. She, yeah. What's and that? she created it herself. She created herself because mm, brilliant. Yeah, she recognized that she was disorganized and she had to figure out a way to organize herself. And she discovered this through research because she's really smart. So anyway, mm-hmm. that was my take on kind of planning and unplanning. I have other things. You want to hear them? Please do. A lot of people, <clears throat> I mean, there's a thing called retail therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. And but really I'm sure we've all indulged at some point in our lives in retail therapy. <laughs> yeah, either consciously or unconsciously. And I think the trick yes. is to be conscious about it. But I think I think many people and I've been in this situation and not not anymore, but live kind of way beyond their means. So mm-hmm. that naturally introduces a level of stress in their life. Yeah. Because they've they're always financially behind, and you know interest rates on credit cards and and that sort of thing. So that's one one th- one little tip or one little thing that has my attention about all it, this. It's really in, it's really interesting. You should say that. Um, uh oh. You know, I've I, I used to be an accountant in a former life, and you know, budgeting and forecasting is kind of close to my heart, and still is mm-hmm. when I'm planning, you know, my own personal life. And doing some work with the law of attraction and um, Mike Dooley on a previous episode. And, you know, one of the things um, with the law of attraction, it's not just, you know, it's not Mike Dooley that kind of advocates this. You know, he says live within your means, but the whole visualization piece. And some people get caught up in thinking, well, if I'm a millionaire, I need to spend money. 
Mm. And you think, well, millionaires don't spend all their money. They save some of it as well. So, you know, picking up on your point about living to your means, you can have the thought about having more money, but you don't necessarily have to spend it. So one of the ways to enjoy having more money is to go window shopping, but yes. not actually purchase the item yes. you know, itself. So. Now, it's a really good top tip that if you're trying to attract abundance and financial wealth into your life is you don't have to spend it, as Mike Dooley says. You can just go and do some window shopping and imagine when that money flows into your bank account, you can then buy it and have yeah. that feeling anyway. Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm so glad you took that workshop. It's opened up a whole new world. Yeah, it was huh? brilliant. Yeah. Well, I mm -hmm. know it wasn't yeah. your first one. So like when it comes to buying a new car, it can be the same thing. You might have a car that's just yeah. fine, but you're kind of bored with it. So you can make a decision like right now to not buy a car, but to go to the dealership here in the United States, that's what they're called, and test drive some cars and see what you like. And have fun doing it. Yeah. So I don't know if I told you, but, you know, long story short, I got rid of my car two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing Uber and Lyft. And there is, it, it, it's really reduced stress in my life a lot because I had to consciously think about taking trips. Did I really want to mm -hmm. quote unquote save the, uh, spend the money? Um, yes. So here's the other thing I really, really like. You know, cars in the United States anyway are largely about status, mm. right? So if you have a, yeah. If you have a BMW or a Mercedes, it's pretty cool. Um, to me, a higher level of status would be a Tesla. But um, so all of a sudden I realized that in doing Lyft and Uber, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I basically, um, I have a chauffeur. So I tell people. Why not? I, I, I get on my app. You know, schedule <laughs> schedule a ride, and somebody looks at me, and I go, "Oh, I think my chauffeur's outside waiting for me," so that I go outside. And the beauty of it is, is you can meet new people and have some wonderful conversations along the way. And oh yeah, if you were driving your own car, you'd never have that opportunity. I know you can listen to a podcast, or if you want to talk to the guy. The other day, this guy from Australia picked me up in a car, and we got to talking, and he mentioned something about cricket. Uh -huh. And I go, I I know nothing about cricket. Why don't you like educate me about cricket? So I, it was a 15 minute ride. I've to, only got 10 minutes to be quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I told him. I said, it'll be about 15 minutes till a we crash get there. Course. So let's mm -hmm. go. So you know what's going to happen with me is probably on my own podcast. I'm going to start carrying a recorder around in my Uber and Lyft trips <laughs> and grab some great content mm -hmm. from people. Yeah. I, I, I really love the experience partially because I really love relationship. So I really love talking with people. Yeah. So That's wonderful. And John, just before you move on, because I know you've got a list and we're talking about stress, but one of the things that I'm picking up on here is, you know, whether we're talking about money or time management or, you know, buying a new car, the theme is here is to challenge your norm, challenge what your routine is, because for you with the car, you challenged your norm. Mm. You didn't just go out and buy another car. You looked at different options. Is there another way? Is there a different way? Can it be more fun? And, you know, the same with um, other aspects of life, like time management. We go through the day and we, you know, we log on at work. Our emails might ping up. We get distracted. So challenge your norm and see as to ways that you could potentially do things differently. And Mm -hmm. I guess have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. If it's not fun, I'm not doing it. 
<laughs> That's a great strap line. If it's not fun, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Key, t- key takeaway from today's podcast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the other thing that's huge on my list here, I'll make it really brief, is um, walk in nature because nature is the great balancer. So if mm. you if you look at it from a from an aspect of a masculine and feminine, you can actually you can be in your office or at your home right now and you can like look at your TV screen and ask yourself, what's the feeling behind it? Is it a masculine? Does it, is it masculine or is it feminine? So anything, you know, looking at a TV screen, pretty masculine, pretty square, doesn't have many rounded lines or anything. And then, you know, you can look at a nice, uh, oh, I don't know, a sculptor or something like that. And you might see more feminine in there. But it's the balance, I think, that we're all looking for. And in nature, it exists in balance mostly. So walking in nature is the great balancer. And I, I am a complete advocate of that. You know, I've got my little dog. We walk in nature all the time. And Louis. just being Lord Louie, the wonderful Lord Louie. And just being in and, you know, in nature and hearing the trees whistling. And, you know, the research now says that trees have a heartbeat. Um, so if mm. you're walking in nature, you're walking in amongst lots and lots of heartbeats. And, and they actually say that actually hugging a tree is, is some real great health benefits i mean i don't know too much about that but uh, i guess it's something fun to try next time you're out and about put your inhibitions down and, and give the tree a hug oh yeah so it's not a heartbeat it's it's a tree beat of some sort right mm-hmm. yeah did you read this somewhere oh someone mentioned it to me the other day but again you know i don't know the details on it but it'd be something awesome to read up well about and lisa you more. have from midnight to six in the morning you have plenty of time to find out <laughs> I do, don't I? <laughs> uh, let's not and say we did mainly because that could be stressful <laughs> sleep right yeah. sleep yeah sleep and so sleep sugar sleep? sleep and sugar why mm. don't you talk a little bit about mm. that so for me, they, these are two that are quite close to my heart and linked um, quite closely to stress. So this again comes back to, you know, a defining moment in my life, you know, a bit like yours with your heart attack, John, you know, my chronic fatigue when I was at university and, you know, some major influences in in my chronic fatigue were lack of sl- sleep, stress and overuse of sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so just touching on each of those briefly, um, I wasn't getting sleep because I was stressed because I was at university and I had a lot going on. Um, so, you know, I was having lots of negative thoughts that were, you know, contributing to the stress that I was thinking, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to get through all my work and do my exams. So then, of course, when my head hit the pillow at night, I couldn't sleep. Um, you know, the mind's whirring round. And this was before I knew about meditation and mm. mindfulness and sleep apps and all, all that good stuff. And, you know, I'd lie there awake. And then, of course, you know, the impact of sleep or lack of sleep then affects your hormones the next day, which affects your food choices. That's then I was craving more sugar because I was sleep deprived. So my mm. hormones were all out of balance. So I was eating, constantly eating sugar all day to keep my energy levels topped up. And then I'd have the dips and I'd be feeling stressed because then I couldn't do my work because I was feeling tired and I was on this vicious cycle. So for me, you know, the stress, the sleep and the sugar kind of were all very much interlinked and, you know, a contributing factor to to my health concern. Wow. So, yeah. So my my takeaway on what you just said was that, you know, people do – 
Well, people do sugar because it's an addiction. And what was it? You mm-hmm. um, episode eighty three on sugar addiction. Is yeah, that, episode eighty three, the Mike Collins on yeah, sugar addiction. I highly yeah. recommend people <laughs> go listen to it at least once and and make some. Well, you don't even have to make some notes, but you know what was mentioned there. I remember is the, talking about Eric Clapton's addiction to cocaine, and he was Eric Clapton was interviewed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they said, oh, so you, you started your addiction with cocaine. And Eric said, no, I got started mm-hmm. with these, these, um, butter, cinnamon, sugar, <laughs> um, toast breads that my mother, yeah. my mother like served me. And, and my mother had served me that. And I don't know if your mom did, but we all got started pretty early and it was all about sugar addiction. But people are doing sugar for the energy. Yeah, I always sugar, tell- sugar was always a treat, wasn't it, when we were young? It was yeah. always you can have sugar after your dinner as, as a treat, or if you've been good, you have a pack of sweeties, or you have your pudding after your dinner. Mm-hmm. It was always associated with as a treat. Tapioca pudding, love it. <laughs> no, I do. It brings back all those memories and the emotions, and that's got that. That's a whole different topic of emotional eating, isn't it? Cheesecake, <laughs> love it. Yeah. Oh, stop! You got me going. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think, yeah, picking up on, you know, the three things for me, you know, the sugar, the stress and um, the sleep. So thinking about um, episode 86 with Alan Cohen, he talks about being your authentic self. Certainly when I was at university, I didn't feel like I was my authentic self. I wasn't living my authentic life. So Mm -hmm. if anyone hasn't listened to episode 86, I'd highly recommend that because if you're not, living your authentic self or your life purpose and life can be stressful because you, you're feeling frustrated because you're not being true to yourself so that can also contribute to stress and then the the last one which you know ties in with the chronic fatigue syndrome is is episode 88 with dr jaffe which was about immune function that was an amazing episode it as well. sure was Oh, how, how our immune system, you know, can be triggered by all sorts of things. And he gave some real top tips in there for, for managing stress, didn't he? Like taking the bath with the Epsom salts and things like that. And yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's said some, some amazing material in episodes 83, 86 and 88 as well for stress. Yeah. And all those episodes actually anybody can do. This is self care, mm-hmm. right? Yes. This is self care. Yeah. And so when you're, when on my list, which you just covered was, you know, it's kind of the question is, what's your lifestyle? How do you style mm. your life for your yeah. own well-being and health? And, and then, have have you ever actually considered it or did it take a life-changing event like for me, John, to actually take a step back and say, what am I doing here? What's my self-care regime? Yes. Because <laughs> I didn't have one before. I was just kind of bobbing along in life and whatever life threw at me, I kind of went along for the ride and... I don't think I had much self-care hmm. going on. So it's like self-inquiry. That's Self what, sorry? Self-inquiry, question things. People generally don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, like with Super Bowl here yesterday, you know, um, I sort of like started contemplating what is it about Super Bowl that people really, really like. And I don't really have any answers right now, but – but it's it's kind of the hype. It's the exciting. It's the you know it's the things we do like um, drugs to numb ourselves, sugar to give us energy, 
and other kinds of addictions that actually keep us from feeling ourselves and feeling life and experiencing life. And as I like to say is that all life is, is one experience after another. So the question is what I guess we're looking for external things, aren't we? To give us that feeling. So is it the sugar? And if you're looking for that feeling, then, then, you know, what Alan Cohen talks about is you're not being your authentic self because if you're your authentic self, you have that feeling anyway. Yeah. You don't need to go searching externally. And yeah, it's, it's quite incredible really, isn't it? That certainly I was looking externally all those years for mm. happiness. And it, it starts from the inside out yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. As I often tell people when they talk about some pain that they're involved in is most of the time, I can identify it as an inside job. We do it ourselves. We suffer yes. ourselves. Things don't do. happen to us externally much. I mean, car accidents, no. yeah, stuff like that can happen. But most of the suffering we as humans experience mm. is done by ourselves, in our mind, in our talk. Well, there's, there's an equation, isn't there, that the event is only actually 10% of the outcome and how we choose to respond to it affects 90% of the outcome. So Mm -hmm. if we have a negative thought and a negative feeling, then it's going to adversely affect the outcome. Whereas if we can flip it and think positively, what can I learn from this? What's the good that I can squeeze out of it? Then the outcome is going to be completely different. So you're absolutely right. It's how we react to life, isn't it? It is. All right. So given that uh, before we started recording, we talked about how busy a day is and we don't want to get too stressed out. Are we done here? (laughs) I think we are. I think we've uh, covered lots and lots of material there. And I think, yeah, we need to go and do our self-care. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. So why don't you wrap it up and I'll stop the recorder. And I just want to remind people to go to alternativehealthtools.com, the podcast, and do take a look at the episodes that Lisa mentioned. And Lisa, how do we get in touch with you? So I'm Lisa Victoria. So if anybody wants to get in touch, go to lisavictoria.co.uk because I'm in the UK. So it's .co.uk. Nice. And there's an online form there. You can reach out to me. Okay, good. You can get a hold of me at johnbethan.com, and that's B-I-E-T-H-A-N. And then I also want to encourage people, you know, subscribe. And if you like it, tell people about it. The number one way podcasts actually get discovered is by people saying, hey, I heard this great podcast. It's called Alternative Health Tools. And we can find them on many different places now, can't we, John? Yeah, Apple, actually. Google, Spotify. Yeah. Any of those. Yeah. Apple, Google, Spotify, about 65 other networks, actually. And one of the great things about Google is you can simply search in Google for alternative health tools and it'll come right up. And there's actually the way Google's doing things. It embeds a little player there and you can listen to the most recent couple episodes if you want right from Google. Fantastic. So key messages from today, self-care, challenge your norm. And have some fun. Exactly. Have fun because mm. if not, we're not doing it. Exactly. Great to talk to you, John. Nice talking with you. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.